I'm Nick Baldridge from the Four Amusement Only EM and Bingo Pinball Podcast. What's that sound? It's Greg and George from the SNES Podcast. A Super Nintendo setup costs twice as much as the old system. For the money, the company promises better pictures, sound, and adventure. Now you're playing with power, super power. You're the king, I tell you! You're king! Only for Super NES. You're listening to the SNES Podcast with your hosts, Soul Blazer and George. Hello everybody, welcome to the Super NES Podcast. This is episode, episode number 90 coming to you this time. Uh, I'm Greg, joined by always like my uh, usual co-host, George. Episode 90. Yes, we're getting up there. Scary, isn't it? A little bit. <laughs> Um, and we're once again honored to have with us, uh, with us again for the third time, uh, back in the show, um, uh, the one and the only, uh, the amazing pinball guru, that Nicholas. The honor's all mine, gents. Are you uh, sure there's only one of them? Uh, last time I checked. <laughs> I need some clones. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that'd be very handy to get all your work done, wouldn't it? <laughs> I would. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, we invite Nick uh, to come back on the podcast with us again because we're, again we're talking about a pinball game. Uh, we're talking about the sequel to the game that to the game that Nick joined us with for seven months ago, uh, Pinball Dreams. We're talking about his follow up, uh, Pinball Fantasies. Um, so uh, thank you again for joining, like, for agreeing to come back on the podcast, joining us again, Nick. Anytime, thank you. Um, so, so I started off last time with a pinball question for you. So I got another pinball question for you to kind of like you know like segue into things um, because I don't think I've asked you this before in the past. So I'm kind of uh, you know honestly curious. Um, what are a few of your uh, all-time favorite pinball games, both from the mechanical, you know, panic, uh, both uh, both mechanical table one, uh, table table ones like the video game versions? Um. Well, uh, as far as, as physical pinball machines, uh, some of my favorites are Sing Along, uh, which was made in the 60s, um, Medieval Madness, uh, which was made in the late 90s, Yep. and uh, Pinbot, which was made in the early 80s. Yeah, the last uh, two I played and really enjoyed, but I, I really enjoyed, but I never heard the first one. Yeah, but, um, when I started getting into, into pinball uh, as a hobby, you know, in, instead of uh, just going out and, and playing on location, you know, I started seeking out these older machines, um, and I was amazed by how complex and fun they were, um, and there's just something about the purity of it, which we'll kind of get into here when we talk about the video version that we're going to talk about today. But uh, as far as video pinball goes, um, I think I mentioned last time I played a ton 
of Pinball Dreams on the Game Boy uh, when I was a kid. Yes. Um, I played, of course, the NES Pinball a lot um, with Mario and uh, uh, I guess Daisy's in that one. Yes. Right? Yep. But, yep. Uh, um, and uh, the NES version of Pinbot um, as well. And uh, other than that, you know, I haven't played a whole lot of digital pinball uh, until kind of modern times with uh, the advent of uh, kind of the pinball arcade or the pinball hall of fame collections that they put out a couple generations ago um so i kind of uh missed a lot of digital pinball that i'm um, kind of going back and and trying to experience with with fresh eyes and um this was an opportunity to experience this one so thank you very much oh sure but uh, um uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I also have fond nostalgia, uh, nostalgia like for the NES uh, pinball because it's like I think I told the story. Uh, I mean, I told the story. I told the story, I told the story like before in the past, but when my parents parents bought me bought me my NES for Christmas of '87, um, they were pretty hard to find. Uh, um, like that time point, and so they bought the only games, the only two games that were uh, the, the, uh, 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 two games that were actually in stock in the store. Um, you know, the time they got the system, which was Top Gun, like a pinball. So, um, so those games, along uh, uh, like along with the pack into uh, pack into Super Mario Brothers, like with the games I had for several months only, and just I played the heck out of them because of that. Excellent, but uh, it's I I love the NES pinball. I think that's a, a very good uh, digital pinball game. Yeah, it's not bad like, for what it is. I mean, like it's very simplistic, yeah. but you know, it's right. still like a very like fun game. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. uh um, so George, um, I mean, I don't want to leave to leave out this conversation. Like, I know your experience like pinball looks pretty limited. Uh, like, do you have any like favorite tables? Uh, not really. Uh, I haven't played too much of anything really, so I couldn't. Re- I can't. I can't really say anything. <laughs> to be honest, I'm familiar with uh, some of you brought up before, but. Uh, you know, I just lack of experience. I just don't have much to say. Well, well, yeah, it doesn't help. If, well, yeah, well, yeah, like it doesn't help the fact that pinball is kind of hard to find these days. If you're like, uh, yes. uh, like I said, like dedicated, uh, you know, dedicated classic, like classic retro um, arcades. I mean, like you know, um, surprisingly enough, airports are still a good place to find pinball tables. Like my airport here in Providence has a couple of tables there, like in their game room. And airports seem like an airports an airports like seem like a pretty good place to find them at for some reason. Uh, I don't think any airports near me have anything like that. Um, there's also some, yeah, there's also some, there's yeah, there's also some bars that still have, uh, 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 you know, still carry like a pinball table or two as well. So, and and sometimes bowling alleys. Yeah, bowling well, alleys yeah. make sense. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The- Bowling alleys, uh, airports—they used to be everywhere. Oh yeah. Um, around here, it got so bad that there was basically one location that had any pinball machines at all. Oh jeez. And they didn't maintain huh. them. Uh, they had two, and they basically let them be played to death. So now things are starting to to turn around in my area a bit. Uh, we have three or four different locations um, that are open to the public to play, which is uh, pretty exciting. Um, yeah, I know it doesn't sound like much, you know, compared to like the '80s when there were hundreds of locations, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's getting there. Um, so it's it's kind of exciting to see uh, more machines out in the wild. But 
the machine that I love most of all, you know, it'll be a long time before I see <laughs> that back in the wild. I love the the gambling pinballs uh, most. But, oh uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> those are are really hard to come by. So yeah, I'm kind of surprised that you know, uh, 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 um, you know, I was just thinking about. This. Uh, thinking about this, uh, thinking about this, like when I went to the uh, casino with my parents like months ago, I'm almost a bit surprised that gambling pinball tables have made a, re- um, haven't like returned to the casinos because it's like kind of seems like the logical, the logical place for them. I I agree, except you know there's an element of skill. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. that's the problem. You know these um, dedicated players that play these machines would be able to make money on them, and you know the house has to win at some point. <laughs> well, well, it's like, you know, I don't really see that as being too much different than, like, my particular machines, like, in Japan, because those have some skill like, involved in them also, but they operate, uh, uh, um, you know, like, in gambling, a few gambling places, so it's like, it's like, yeah. so it's, I don't understand the distinction, but... I'm curious, uh, you know, I'm not super familiar with Pachinko, but I'm curious if you're able to actually influence the ball by nudging the machine at all, or well, it's all purely the angle of insertion of the ball. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't believe there's any I don't nudging. know, why don't we try? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go find a pachinko machine and just smash it with a sledgehammer and see what happens. <laughs> well, George and I co- well, George and I covered some pachinko um, uh, Super NES games a while back, and for, and, mm-hmm. and, for, and, for, and for research I did, I did on them, there's, there's no nudge feature like in those machines. Uh, the skill, the skill comes into like, you know, like... Uh, the angle, the angle, the angle, the angle, the angle that shoot the ball, uh, like right. how you like you bounce it around. I don't yeah. know if you are able to even touch the machine because I I think they're kind of like slot machines and they're just all together now. For the most yes, part, yes. And it, yeah. From what I understand, they're bolted to the wall, so um, I don't think you're going to be able to do very much at all, unless you're like um, the Hulk or something. <laughs> I you know I honestly really wish Pachinko Wars. I wish somebody would translate that game because I honestly want to play through that game. Is that like an RPG? Uh, it's got like some story. You go to like different pachinko. I I honestly don't know much about it, but there's like apparently there's like dialogue and like you go to different pachinko places and it, I uh, you go and try to like make money, obviously, off of playing pachinko. But like it's called Pachinko Wars and it's got dialogue in it. Like that's got me interested. Uh, and you know a lot of those, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's like, you know, uh, a lot of those Japanese games, uh, the ones that obviously did not come over here. Um, a lot of them go further than, you know, games that you'd find over here. So, I'm really wondering what it is, and I think there's a sequel as well. I, I just, I just really hope somebody translates it, even partially, just to see what it is. Yeah, I'd be curious to play it if if anybody did. Yeah, I, you could still play it without like any of the dialogue, but you know, you got to figure out what you're doing. And, yeah, and you gotta have, the, have those flavor text, so. you know. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think it's just flavor text because, like, you know, you ha- apparently it seems like you have to buy certain things. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but it was it was fun just playing the pachinko on that. Hmm, sounds cool. Yeah, it does sound interesting. So, but. Uh, yeah, so um, uh, so as far as um, 
like as far as this game uh, went, uh, um, it, it seems like it seemed like it seemed it, like it seemed like it was proper to cover the sequel the sequel to this game since we talked about it previously. And you know, Nick was so great with his pinball knowledge and expertise last time. It just seems again a natural fit to have him back on the podcast. Um, so on so, like so we're not going to talk about the the company or the background too much because we've already covered a good deal of that like in our like in our past episode of uh, a past episode like Pinball Dreams. Uh, this is the this is the second of the th- the second of the third games of the trilogy um, that you know that Dice uh, Digital Illusions uh, created. Uh, Pinball Fantasies, of course, being the first game. Then this, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Pinball Dreams being the first game. Then this one, Pinball Fantasies, and then the fifth and last game in the series, fucking series, was Pinball Illusions. Um, and this game came out. Uh, uh, same people like behind this uh, uh, play behind this game. Uh, did, uh, I developed Digital Illusions, published by uh, published by, 20, you know, published by 21st Century Entertainment. Came out originally came out originally like with the Amiga uh, in 1992. Then got ported to a bunch of systems. Uh, most of the conversions, including the Super NES one, was handled by SpiderSoft, and the game was published by Game Tech. Uh, uh, um, uh, again, uh, same stats, uh, the same stats as like uh, the same stats for this like as in Pitball Dreams. Uh, this came out in North America in February, like February of 1995. Um, and this game was very. Uh, and this game also was interesting. And this game also was very popular. The first game, and, uh, and this game also got ported. Uh, and this game also got ported a bunch of systems. Uh, besides the besides the Super NES, uh, the, the PC, um, and the CD32, and the Jaguar also got versions of it. And then, like more recent times, again, the, the uh, recent times, the games got ported to the PSP, the iOS, the, uh, uh, the iOS, like, and also the PS3. Uh, so it's like it's like still available like in a modern like a modern version, uh, a modern version like anybody out there like wants to play it. Um, so and the uh, the engine's the same as pinball. The, uh, the engine here is the same as pinball dreams. Like pinball dreams, it features like four tables. Um, the interface is the same pretty much as pinball dreams. You have the uh, uh, you have the you have the um, scoring the uh, the scoring uh, the scoring display on the bottom of the screen. Um, and then the uh, and also the camera rotates the rotates the rotates the field up and down as necessary uh, to you know, follow the ball around like as you play. Um, controls are the same, so just you know very much the same you know the same game as far as look and feel and, uh, and the graphical and the graphical engine that was being used for. It. But the tables of course like are the tables of course like, are like totally different. Um, the four tables here are Party Land, which is like a amusement um, park themed uh, table. Uh, Speed Devils, which is a car racing, uh, a car racing featured t- table. Uh, Billion Dollar Game Show, which is a game show style table, and Stones and Bones, which is a haunted house table. Um, yeah, um, so, uh, uh, so again, uh, but before we get into the tables, let's talk a little bit about maybe visitors differences that you guys may have noticed between the. Uh, I noticed, 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 noticed between this game um, and its prequel, uh, 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 prequel of Pinball Dreams. Um, this game felt a little bit more hastily ported to the Super NES than Pinball, you know, the Pinball Dreams did. Um, the, um, uh, the, the, the ball mechanics felt the same, but they also kind of felt, uh, 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 but the graphic, but the graphics felt a little bit worse in some aspects. It seemed like, it, it, it seemed like, it seemed like me, for example, that the system had more of a problem keeping up with the scrolling of the play field, trying to keep the, uh, um, I'm trying to keep the ball center on the screen, uh, with this version of the game, the version of the game, uh, I, you know, as opposed to like Pinball Dreams. 
and I don't know, and, and, and yeah, I don't know if this was because this game, this is the, you know, this game is more sophisticated, or because it was more a sloppy conversion job, or what. But um, so I'm curious if you guys like, uh, uh, I'm like, curious if you guys like noticed that, or any of the differences, differences that you may have picked up on, uh, like this game versus the last one. I have a decent amount to say about this game, and a lot of it is negative. <laughs> um, well, go ahead and get honestly, us going. <laughs> you're, you're. I, I got the same feeling with the ball tracking and everything, but um, I don't specifically know what it is. But I know the problem that I had was sometimes um, uh, I would use the the plunger and shoot the ball out, and Next thing I know, it just dumps into the middle. And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't even see the ball. Um, it, it's it's trying to it's it's tracking. It's uh, it's zoomed in too yes. much. It shows too little of the table uh, where the ball is. So it's hard to keep track of where it is compared to the flippers, because a lot of it was by the time I knew that it was there, to hit it already uh it was already a lost cause and uh i kept finding myself just dumping the ball and hardly being able to hit it um honestly it's really weird but the uh the last table what is it stones and bones yes mm-hmm. um that one i had the easiest time playing which was weird mm. Um, I actually was able to get a decent score and actually get on the, the scoreboard or the leaderboard, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I was actually able to get on there. Um, every other table was just a mess for me. Uh, and I couldn't figure out if it was me or if it was the game, but I know there was a bunch to the game that I just didn't like. Like I said, the whole, it seems like it's too zoomed in on the ball and... I understand resolution and how much the console can render and everything. You know, I don't I don't know if it was because maybe it might have been some kind of rush job or something, but honestly there was something there that just didn't make it work very well and I don't know if you guys had the same feelings, but uh, I mean when you're able to actually hit the ball it works, you know, it doesn't feel broken in that type of sense, but um, I feel like some of the the boards actually just weren't made properly you know some of them felt like they had some dead spaces or maybe the targets were like they could have been placed a little bit properly i don't know if that's just me as well or what but uh no it's not (laughs) okay all right all right that's good that's good to hear um you know i just you know how do you guys feel about did did you have uh, problems playing as well, like me, or or what? Oh yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with everything that you said there. So, uh, Nick, how about you? So, um, you guys, I actually have an answer as to why it felt that way. Okay. Um, I don't know if you played around in the options menu at all, um, but they did actually tweak the physics engine of this game a little bit, and one of the most uh, interesting changes that they made is they made it so you could change the pitch of the machine, of the the table. Um, So by default, it's set up to this extremely steep pitch, which makes the ball move faster, um, but unfortunately has a side effect that the engine can't really keep up with it. (laughs) Yeah. I did um, not realize that. Dang it. Yes. So you can actually lower it and uh, 
make what they say in in pinball circles is they say it makes it play more floaty but older machines typically have a lower pitch than newer machines so the whole deal with this game last game i had mentioned they were trying to emulate like system 11 which is a very specific period of time in um, pinball history the late 80s very early 90s and uh, this one is emulating the very early DMD era, which is at the beginning of about 92 um, that started. So each of the machines or each of the tables that we'll go over, you know, I'll give you kind of the analog uh, where they got the idea. But um, that tweaked physics engine plays a big part in how the game feels and why uh, things are odd. Like, for example, it's possible to get the ball to accelerate so fast that the ball will drain without actually rendering the lower third of the play field. <laughs> yeah. And then you say, where to go? You know, there's no way for you to actually save it because you can't see it. Um, so you have to play by feel, kind of. Um, so lowering uh, the pitch is helpful, but there are some shots that are extremely difficult to make with a lowered pitch. Oh, yeah. So it's it's really a huge trade-off uh, as to, you know, do you want the machine to play as they intended, but impossible to track the ball? <laughs> or do you want to make it easier to play, but uh, not be able to actually hit some of the shots that you need? So that's that's one of the issues that I had. Another thing as far as physics goes, is they made uh, vacuum ramps. So, um, you start to shoot a ball, and it really doesn't have enough momentum to carry it all the way up the ramp. Yep. And on some of the ramps, it'll actually, you know, suck it up and into the ramp uh, without you having to make that shot smoothly. Um, that's a hallmark of a, of a bad physics engine in a pinball game. <laughs> um, I'm glad thing- it wasn't just me. <laughs> no, it, and it bugged me every single time. Um, another thing that really bugged me is the slingshots. They tweaked how those worked in this game. And um, they made it so that instead of working similarly to physical slingshots, they made it so that if the ball is rolling and it has momentum and manages to hit one particular spot at the upper portion of the sling, it will completely kill the momentum and drag itself down, scoring all the time as it goes down to the flipper. Well, the problem with this in a physical machine is that it would have kicked it away as soon as it scored. Um, so if it's if it's got enough uh, pressure against the, the rubber to actually score, then it should kick the ball. But instead, you get this weird, uh, terrible sound effect as it goes down to the flipper. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, they did, however, keep the other annoying thing about the slings, and that's that every portion of them that's exposed <laughs> outside of the in-lane can kick the ball. So if you hit the post on the top of the sling, it will kick just as forcefully as if you had landed right dead at center on that slingshot. Um, that that bugs me a lot. So normally on a machine, you know, you bounce off of that, and that's okay. You get a, a, some bounce, but it's not going to kick it, you know, all the way up the play field. <laughs> <laughs> or straight yeah. out into the outlane, which happens about 99% of the time. <laughs> um, another interesting thing, because they switched from that uh, 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 kind of um, 
gosh, what am I trying to say? Alphanumeric display to the DMD is they added a match feature. And I don't know if either of you were able to get a match at any point. Nope. Uh, Nope. Okay. Well, the interesting thing, I saw that and said, what are they going to give you if you match? Because there's no replays in any of these games, and typically the match gives you a free game. Um, Well, in a real machine, you can set it to either free game or extra ball, and they have theirs set to extra ball. It's kind of cool. So you can continue where you left off and uh, try to keep accomplishing these inscrutable modes. (laughs) And and that's... uh, Oh, the other note that I have on a general basis is that the high score music is the best in the entire game. Hmm. Um, I don't know if you felt that way, George. I know you said you you got to uh, Stones and Bones as high score. Um, Were you able... Did you have any commentary on that? Oh... Uh, eh. <laughs> I didn't hear it for long, so yeah. Um, some of them, like Billion Dollar Game Show, is it's just really, really good uh, pinball right. music. Right. So I, w- I was genuinely shocked. <laughs> when I yeah, I that. actually kind of like that. I mean, my favorite table was probably the race car one, but mm. um, yeah, I think Stones and Bones was actually just really limited and really ugly. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ugly as far as graphics or what? Uh, just, I mean, not really graphics, but just like it's lacking like in art style and placement and everything, really. Yeah, play mechanics and art style, I agree completely. Yeah. I actually like the table the best out of the four tables, but we'll get into that. Um, was it because <laughs> it was easy for you? Uh, it definitely was easiest. Um, so, but uh, yeah, because uh, because uh, it, because yeah, because going off what Nick was saying earlier, I found these tables overall like overall like more difficult than the tables in the last game because like some of these I some, agree. some yes. of those, some of those shots I never made. It's like you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's like you know certain ramps and certain certain scope shots on the tables. I'm like, how the heck are you supposed to do this? But I at least had a chance on the other uh, on the other game. This <laughs> game, I had like almost no chance. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, so the graphics are fine, but again, but again, like the last game, uh, it, uh, um, you know, I'm not sure if you guys looked at or played the Mika version, the, the original, the original Mika version. But again, compared to the Mika version, this is the, you know, the graphics in this game are the graphics in this game like are significant downgrade. I mean, you know, they did what they could with the with like, with like the engine of the system, but um, I mean, when you're comparing to the Amiga, yeah, uh, you know, I don't want to say it's unfair, but you're obviously going to see a difference. Well, the sounds also sound like sound terrible, and there's missing, uh, um, um, and it's like there's missing sounds in this version of the game too. Like compared to the original, uh, 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 compared to the original like Amiga version. So, um, and also, and also, at least two of the tables. I don't know if you guys ever ran into this, but eventually, after playing, after playing some of the tables long enough, the music, the music just kind of like fell apart. Um, it's like you know, it was like I you never know, noticed that. Yeah, really. Like, yeah, yeah, that didn't happen to me. Yeah, so like you know, I like so I don't know if it's an emulation emulation bug or just something happened with the for the programming itself. But they, um, um, how long were you playing these tables for? Uh, I put about an hour into each of the tables. I want to say okay. like on like on an but like you, George, the only tables they ever reached the high score the high score on with like with stones and bones. That's saying a lot. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel so bad about that now. Uh, the music, the music I think is quite good. The same guy, this, the uh, uh, same guy, same guy, 
composed the music in both games, uh, and um, and directly taken and directly taken like an Amiga original. Um, so it's like so again, so again for like Pinball Dreams, I do appreciate how much the music matches the match the theme that matches matches the overall theme of the tables and how it sounds. Uh, I think I like Stones and Bones music the best, um, but I thought what. Yeah, but I thought all the tunes definitely did a good job of trying to match the overall theme of the table. So music, so the music definitely like one of the best parts. Your best parts, uh, best parts like about the game for me. Do we play the same game? <laughs> well, everybody's got different opinions. <laughs> no, you're right. I just, I just feel like, I just feel like it's odd. I feel from a music perspective that I agree with uh, Greg that the Stones and Bones actually has the best background music track. Really? Yeah. I disagree on that, but all right. Well, well then I guess I'm the one who didn't play the same game. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, yeah, so I played the Mika version also, like a little bit, also check it out, and it's like, and it's like, um, it's like I don't, and it's like I'm not really sure what happened here. I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure if this was just simply a very rushed conversion job, or if the Super NES just simply wasn't able to handle the to handle these more sophisticated tables. But the difference between the differences between the original game and the, uh, and the port of it uh, is way different for Pinball Fantasies than it is for Pinball Dreams. Because, uh, they're, they're, because overall, what I thought Pinball Dreams was a very good, like a very good port. Pinball Fantasies and just like meh, and it's unfortunate too because they're unfortunate too because I, I, because I think overall some of these tables and we'll get into it shortly. I think I think overall some of these tables had potential to be much better tables. Do you, you know the tables that Pinball Dreams had? But because of the combination of the conversion and also because of some of the graphical uh, graphical and and and, and engine issues, they didn't end up being of play. They didn't end up being like as much fun to play, unfortunately. So. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure what happened. Uh, one of the guys commented, 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 commented on long play on YouTube that it kind of got the, uh, I, so kind of got the impression that SpiderSoft is given a month to convert both games, uh, a month uh, both games. Phil was only told this after spent three weeks in the first game. And yeah, I kind of agree with that. So, do you guys have any more overall thoughts about the? Like about the the game itself before we get to the tables. Uh, I, I don't like it. <laughs> I didn't um, really like it that much, honestly. <laughs> comparing the two, I would I would I would agree with George that Pinball Dreams is the better game, but uh, but yeah, that's that's the only other general note that I have. Okay. Well, let, well, well, uh, well. Let's talk about the tables themselves like a bit. Then uh, we'll start off with a, uh, 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 start off at Partyland. Um, I wanted to really like this one because I think that uh, I think that, um, I think that, I, I, um, I think this is one of the most uniquely themed tables because I really can't think of any pinball games. Uh, and Nick, you have a much more bigger pinball knowledge than I do. I can't really think of too many pinball games based uh, based off like you know like amusement uh, parks. So I, like, so I thought the overall theme of this one was like quite like was quite good, but man, where did I even start with the problems? I have problems. I, I couldn't. Um, I didn't know. have much of a party with it. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, I couldn't hit that upper lane at all. That was impossible for me. Um, I also, uh, I mean, I also could not get that R that was in party uh, to light up at all, uh, um, which I think is, which I think. Which I think is supposed to light up after the cyclone lane. I, I'm not. Really, I'm not. I'm not really quite sure about that. Um, and it, um, in top of that, I couldn't get any of the crazy lights uh, to light up uh, for whatever reason. So I can. Even, 
Uh, so as soon as like that many turn, I can never get to make bonuses. So, uh, definitely one of the most problematic tables. Not the worst table in the game, I thought, but not the best either. So, uh, George, how about you? I didn't like it, honestly. Um, I don't know. I just. I can't even think of anything specific right now. I honestly can't. I just honestly just don't like it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I just, like seriously, like I can tell you about the other the other boards, but this one I just I don't know. Well, okay. Like I, 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 like I, I said, I didn't have a party with it. That that that's fine too because clearly I meant that that this table did not leave much impression with you then. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Uh, um. So Nick, what was your take on this one? All right, I've only got two pages of notes on this one. <laughs> How many pages of notes do you have for the other ones? Uh, less than one. So I this mean, one has you're, my most. You're the expert here, so. Yes. Um, so, uh, one thing that I noticed with this game, and this was the only one I was able to trigger it on, but they, they must have this implemented in all four of them, is something called ball save. And yes. uh, yep. this is a, a feature in modern machines. Uh, to keep you from losing your quarter right away uh, or your dollar is uh, that if you don't hit any switches on the play field and you just drain straight down the center from the plunge it gives the ball back to you for free oh yeah I got Um, a lot of those okay same here (laughs) Um, I I was only able to trigger them on this game so were you able to see them on the other machines on the other tables you know I have to mention yes I think I did hit yes I think I think stones and bones I remember hitting this uh, hitting the save in that one too, so um, so it must okay. be all four. Yeah, it's it's an interesting feature. You know, normally on a on a physical machine, they'll light up the extra ball insert to tell you that it's active, and then unlight it if it's not. But not in this case because <laughs> those extra ball inserts never light for me. Um, so uh, you'd mentioned, Greg, that, that there were no uh, physical machines that had this kind of theme. Actually, there was a series of three, um, Comet, Cyclone, and Hurricane. And these were made in the 80s to 90s. Hurricane was the last one. And um, they were extremely successful. Uh, they were themed after uh, these roller coasters that were uh, near Chicago. Hmm, so okay. Ride the Comet, Ride the Cyclone, um, and I'm assuming Ride the Hurricane. But um, this one specifically is the most similar to Cyclone. Um, What's interesting about that is Cyclone is an alphanumeric game, and this is a DMD one, so they they kind of punched it up a little bit in some respects, and they really messed it up in others. Um, (laughs) So one thing that's kind of interesting about that series, um, it's most famous for probably its artwork. Um, and the first million point shot in pinball was uh, Comet in a modern machine with, with flippers. But um, Cyclone, Comet, and Hurricane all had the same artist, uh, Python Angelo, who was a bit of a character. And uh, he had really interesting artwork that was very detailed, had a ton of little in-jokes and hidden, hidden jokes in the artwork uh, of the playfield, the backlash and uh, the cabinet as well. So uh, his designs are, are, are pretty interesting from that perspective, and it looks like they tried to emulate that a lot. Um, 
So things that really stuck out to me were there's an upper playfield that you can get up to with the leftmost ramp, and there are inserts up there that spell the word puke. <laughs> Which is well, a tasty word. Yeah, that's that's probably the first for pinball, I think. Um, <laughs> if you manage to hit that ramp twice, then you'll light uh, one of the letters in party. Um, so it starts with T for some reason, or perhaps those are old-based letters. Like as you said, Greg, perhaps the the lower ramp, the comet ramp. If you hit that multiple times, it'll light up R. Um, I think everything that lights those letters, if I understand the way the table's supposed to work, is two shots to the same area um, in a row. So it's it's kind of in a modern machine that'd be something called a combo shot. You know where either you're feeding to another area of the machine that is close by and intended to score alike, or to the exact same spot over and over again. Um, so I think that's a primary goal. Unfortunately, I was only able to light T. <laughs> so I have no idea what happens when you light party. Um, there are a ton of scoops all over the play field. Um, there's a hidden scoop or subway right off of the plunge if you manage to have the ball lose momentum right as it goes around the arch at the very top. And... Um, from there, that's your skill shot, actually. It will shoot out of a scoop that feeds to the upper left flipper. And from there, if you hit the comet ramp, then that's your skill shot and you earn a bunch of points. Um, or I'm sorry, the cyclone ramp. Um, I was never able to do that. <laughs> um, let's see. Attempt to spell puke, yeah, all right. Uh, there's a demon scoop on the right-hand side that collects awards, random awards. And uh, on Cyclone, uh, the physical machine, there's the spook house is what they call it. And you have to knock down a ghost and then go into this vampire-themed uh, area. So very similar idea, and you get a random award. Um, you can light arcade by hitting stand-up targets, and then there's a scoop that's to the left of the upper left ramp. And if you hit that, you collect uh, a bunch of points. Uh, that was all it ever gave me. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not sure if that's also a random award. Um, both of the scoops dump you to above that top left flipper. Uh, so that's pretty crucial. The idea is you want to be on that flipper to hit that uh, the cyclone ramp. Um, I never once was able to shoot that cyclone ramp. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the top flipper has two different shots. There's a cyclone ramp, and then there's also this progressive cotton candy shot that you can hit that if you fail to make the cyclone ramp. Um, I was never able to make that one either, uh, but that feeds into the pops. And uh, I guess that's a general note, too. The pops in all these tables are kind of protected. And you'll see this a lot in modern pinball, where um, the pops are under a ramp, or they're, they're kind of squirreled away in a corner somewhere where they can't really do a lot of damage. So in older games, pops are extremely important, both for scoring potential, but also because if you jangle around up there incorrectly, then the ball is going to come flying out right down the middle. Um, you don't really have that problem very much in any of these four games. Um, 
one of them in particular is a little worse than the others, but they're all pretty, uh, pretty safe with the pop bumpers, which is, um, which is okay, but not great. Um, so there are two frenzy modes uh, in this machine: happy hour and mega laugh. And um, I have no idea how to start them. <laughs> I'm fairly certain that that's what happens when you spell party, but if you notice to the left of uh, the party inserts, there's another set of inserts that spells crazy, and I don't know if either of you figured out how to like crazy, but I sure didn't. Nope. Nope. So, my last kind of note on this machine, this table... Did you try, like, shaking the machine around? Maybe maybe that's what happens? Oh, I I just... You just the machine like tilt crazy. it and it lights oh, up yeah. crazy. <laughs> so, unfortunately, that doesn't like crazy. You know, my problem with all four of these tables is that the rules are, I mentioned it before, but they're inscrutable. They're they are really impossible to discern, even right. by batting the ball around. And if I were to make a virtual pinball machine, I would try to make it so that the playfield artwork kind of told you what you needed to do, because you don't have the... Um, gift of having scorn instruction cards uh, on on these virtual machines. Now, the, the manual, which I did not read, uh, might have instructions in there, but um, so I'm going to complain that I didn't read something that probably has the answer, but uh, <laughs> you're right. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I just felt like these were very difficult to figure out what my goals were. Um, did you all feel the same way? Yes, very much. I mean, like, you know, um, like, you know, that card on, they're talking about the pinball tables. Uh, again, it doesn't always, like, again, it doesn't always tell you everything, tell you everything about the table, but at least it gives you kind of like a summary. Yeah. Um, whereas I looked at the manual, with the, uh, I mean, I did look at the manual, like the, uh, the manual for this game, and the manual doesn't really help all that much. I mean, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just a, <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, I, I mean, I mean, it's kind of. I mean, it just kind of gives you the same the same information that the, the same information that that card was like. You know, like you know, these are the bonuses. Uh, these are the skill shots. Does it? She tell you how to do them. Um, it, it, uh, um, you know, you know, things. You know, nothing. things like explained to you, unfortunately. Well, um, that sounds like it'd be better than nothing, which is what I was assuming that it had. <laughs> so sorry for cutting you off there, because you actually told me the answer I was looking for. Um, so yeah, I'll go back and read the manual and then see if that I come back with a fresh appreciation. But um, yeah, I would say this is one of the weakest of the bunch. Um, I wouldn't say it's the weakest one for me. Um, yeah, I have the same feeling definitely on this. So um, yeah, so uh, thank you for that. Like you, uh, uh, yes, thank you for that. Like in different analysis. Now that you mention it, I think I have played um, uh, Cyclone once before in the past. I mean, I just forget about it. I think probably because I found the table to be like very, very difficult. <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty neat. It's got a uh, Ferris wheel that the ball can ride in. Oh, cool! And it'll Ooh. it'll dump it to a ramp that feeds back to the flipper. Um, mm. So it's it's pretty fun. It's got some funny callouts and things, which this game tried to emulate as well. So yes. um, when you drain the ball, it says something about uh, puking. Yes, <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. uh, sound effects supported that too. It's just like, okay, they're really leaning into that. <laughs> uh, yes, 
Yes, for sure. So yeah, I, yeah, all, yeah, all, all of the tables did, all of the tables did have the like, unique, like unique, like you know, ball drain message, which I thought was a nice touch at least. So yeah, yeah, but So the next table, Speed Devils. This one, I wasn't minded about a physical table. Um, you know, I mean, listening. So this one kind of like this one kind of reminded me about the getaway, like a small bit, which is table I really like. Exactly. Never played it. Yeah, my college used to have one. Used to have one like in their, uh, like in their game room. It's a, um, uh, it's an, uh, uh, it's an outlaw themed kind of like a game where you're like in a sports car trying to get away from like a, a cop car. So, uh, and there's like a, um, you know, there's a flashing police light on top of the, uh, uh, flight top of the table that can go off every now and then. So like you know, a pretty cool theme like overall. So, um, yeah, this table, this table was okay. Um, you know. Um, I, um, uh, 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 however, I think this table probably suffers the worst in the conversion, the conversion, the conversion, like the Amiga version. Um, it was certainly one of the most, uh, probably the most difficult, a uh, difficult table for me. I could not hit the ramps at all on this one for some reason. It is like, you know, I had just... It is, it is a little difficult, yeah. Yeah, I just had a terrible time trying to make any kind of progress, uh, progress on, on this table. And... Um, and you have to hit the ramps to be able to make a table correct uh, a table progression like many of the you know, I mean like many of these so that just really like mm-hmm. uh, sucked um, and also like and also uh, um, when the flippers don't uh, for some reason for some reason on this table the flippers are in operation uh, but the constant clicks are clicks I really found like annoying as well. So um, yeah, overall, I really liked the theme. I really wanted to—I uh, mean, I really wanted to enjoy this table. But um, again, not the—again, for me, not the worst. Or not the worst in the game, but definitely, but definitely not the best either. Just like kind of like a lot of wasted potential, I think. I, I think probably on uh, partly, uh, partly, uh, partly just because I think this table was the one where I found the physics engine the most, definitely the most annoying and limiting, uh, annoy, uh, uh, you know, like, you know, like those, like, ramps, uh, like ramps and other things. Mm. So. Yeah. Um, so, George, it sounded like you had the same frustrations. Um, I mean, yeah, it wasn't super easy. I, I hit a few things. It's it's pinball. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I like this table, but it was difficult. It was not the most difficult that I played on here, but I like the aesthetic, so that's that's something, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, you know, the aesthetics of this game are really nice. I I, I really wanted to like this table, but I, I like this table because of that. But it just fell apart uh, like so quickly into it, unfortunately. But uh, uh, Nick, uh, so what were your thoughts? Like, oh, I mean, thoughts on this one. Well, you hit it right out of the park. It's it's extremely similar to Getaway as far as theme goes. Um, the right off the plunge, uh, you're dumped into this little area with uh, the word pit. P I T. See what you did there. <laughs> dumped into the pit, and uh, you have to watch out for snakes. But uh, <laughs> what you want to do is launch the ball. There's an upper flipper there. And uh, right as you drain through one of the letters, um, you can flip back up into that area and try and light all the letters. And there's something called lane change in a physical machine that allows you to switch which letter is lit so that you can hit one of the other letters that isn't. Um, If you light all three of them, 
and then hit the off-road ramp, which is in the upper left, you'll get two times your bonus, um, which is helpful to start the, the machine. Um, straight up from that pit area, if you miss time the flip back up to the pit, um, there is a pit stop kickout. And so that's shaped like a little kickout hole, which normally captures the ball in a little saucer and then kicks it out. But the way they programmed it, it's like a kick back, uh, which is actually a coil that sits there and waits and waits and waits until a ball gets close to it and then kicks it out as fast as it possibly can. Um, so the unfortunate thing about that is that that kick out shoots basically right down the middle. <laughs> so yep. um, you have to nudge. And this, again, is the table, and, and both of you mentioned it, I think, that, that the game has trouble keeping up with. Um, so because it's moving so fast, the ball, uh, this is the one where it only rendered two-thirds of the machine for me one time when it uh, got a kick out from there. So Yeah, that's, uh, that's crazy. It's nuts, yeah. They, they went way overboard with uh, how high they pitched the thing. I mean... Uh, kudos to them for for programming in two different versions for each of these, but um, I really feel like they dialed up the physics a little too high <laughs> um, to make it playable. Now, one thing that I don't know, I was able to complete Pit several times, but my bonus multiplier only went up to 2x when I hit the off-road lane. I was hoping that um, for each completion, if I were to then go back through that off-road ramp, it would um, increase my bonus, but that did not do it. So there's some other way that you can increase your bonus from there. Um, you want to hit the right or the left ramp in order to light the off-road trail, um, which, again, is the same area <laughs> that I was talking about. Um, I have no idea what that does, but I'm assuming that it uh, either changes gears or finishes a lap, and I'm uncertain whether this is a racing theme <laughs> or whether it's a, a getaway style theme, actually, because in the center of the machine, there's a steering wheel that has first through 10th, and then right above it, there are inserts for gear. Um, so I have no idea if there's a 10th gear in this uh, car <laughs> or whatever it is um, or what, but um, it's... This is one that I was also pretty much unable to do much of anything because it's just too fast, um, which must mean that I'm too old. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> another thing that's interesting is they, they really cram in um, some of the things that you're tasked with spelling. So in this case, you're tasked with spelling burning, but instead of having enough targets for burning, they have burnin, uh, B-U-R-N-I-N. Um, and I don't know what happens <laughs> when you light all of them because I feel like I've done that multiple times, but because the targets are obscured by the time you're down at the flipper, um, I don't know if it awarded anything or, or not. Uh, so I didn't spend a lot of time looking at the display, but I do know that gear, the inserts in gear, light up independently. Um... But those have no correlation to the first through tenth that I could find. Um, but I don't know. Uh, so one other interesting note about this machine is um, that off-road ramp or area feeds into pops. 
and those pops are completely protected. Uh, I mean, there's no way to lose your ball straight from the pops. Uh, but then the ball goes through what's called a, a chicane lane, uh, where it kind of wiggles back and forth a little before it goes down to the end lane. Um, that is the most interesting piece of design from a pinball perspective, I think, on this machine, because uh, there's a, an air gap between the end lane and the uh, exit of the chicane lane. So you're able to uh, lose your ball there if you're not paying attention, and you have to nudge it in order to get it to go in the end lane most times. Uh, sometimes you get a clean feed, but it depends on how fast the ball is moving out of the pops. So uh, overall, that's another one that I was not super thrilled with, mostly because uh, at the speed that was set at default, it was unplayable, I think. Yeah, uh, I would argue that most of them are unplayable at that speed. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I would agree. Um, but especially this one. Yeah, yeah. Which is I too bad, because this is a table... Which is too bad. This is table. This is, this is table. First glance, I'm your, I'm your, I'm your, you guys most, uh, I'm most like looking forward to. It's just like it's not. Yeah. It's just like not that much fun, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. And even at the lower speed, and I'd encourage you both to to, to try these at the lower speed. But uh, even at that, it's it's still just in, incredibly hard. Right. Oh well, I did play the tables. The tables lower speed. The problem, the, the, the problem I ran into is that the lower, uh, like lower speeds. Uh, not only is the game not as much, uh, not as much fun for me, and also harder to play, but you can't get the ball to do those skill shots uh, because the ball's not going as fast, play as fast as normally would. So, yeah. I, so, so I tend to leave it like the higher speed in higher speed most of the time, and just like dealt with the other consequences of that. <laughs> and then I, I didn't even realize that there was a setting for that. So yeah, I always check out the option menu in the game. <laughs> I did, but I don't know how I missed it. I must have just yeah, I don't even okay. know. Yeah, well, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. I can see missing it. The option menu is one of those weird ones where it, it shows you what the setting is, and then you click it, and then it changes without telling you that there's actually a. A thing you can change. Um, um, you, you'll know what I mean if if you take a look at it. It's it's kind of odd. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Well, you're right. You you honestly are right about that. Yeah. Well, the table I had the least fun with, and for me, <laughs> the, the, the worst one, the worst one, and the worst one in this game, it's like the billion-dollar game show. Really? Um, I actually um, kind of like that one. Well, well, again, for me, this is it. Well, well, again, for me, this is a table I went into with high hopes because, again, I can't think of a, a physical, a physical, a physical pinball table that's like this. So I kind of like the idea, like right away. But I had the most bugs with this game. Uh, uh, sorry, with this table. This is the one the music uh, fell apart on me, like eventually. Um, some of the lights I also saw failed to like fail to light up when uh, correctly, like when you the skill shots. Uh, for some reason, on this one, and the upper ramp. Is just about to, the upper ramp is just about impossible to be able to hit like the, to, just to hit um, hit that ramp like hit that ramp like enough speed uh, to be able to enter like you'd enter the end of the sidekick area uh, and spin the wheel with the prizes. I think I was able. Uh, you, you, um, I think I was only able to finally 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 able to do that like once. It was very very frustrating. So. The combination of the bugs that this table had, plus the plus the overall difficulty factor, really just really just sucked the fun out of uh, finding this one like for me. You know, definitely my least favorite. Uh, George, you said you had some fun with this one. Kind of, yeah. I mean, I think I had more fun looking at it than playing it because it was just a <laughs> lot of like, "Where's my ball? Oh, hey, it's back at the plunger again." <laughs> 
So. <laughs> but, uh. <laughs> okay then. Like anything else? <laughs> uh, it looks good. It, it does look good, yes. So, you know, I think the graphics in this one are probably the best at the tables. It had like a Wheel of Fortune type of feel. Yeah, uh, yeah, it did kind of, yeah, it did kind of like remind me about that. So, um, but uh, yeah, just uh, um, so which one of us? So which one of us are you more inclined to agree with here, like this one, Nick? I, I would actually say George. Oh, okay. Um, because uh, not that I can't agree with you, George. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I was wondering. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I really felt like this is the the most pinball of all four of them. Hmm. Um, it, it was actually, uh, I felt like, the most thoughtfully laid out machine, um, despite some real oddities up in that upper area. <laughs> but uh, first thing, uh, I just thought uh, I should mention that this is a absolute 100% ripoff of the Bally Game Show. Which is a late '80s machine. Hmm, never heard um, of it. Yeah, and it's it's not um, super easy to find one. Uh, they're they're not rare per se, but they're not uh, not easy to find. Um, but everything from the the playfield graphic of the wheel, you know, with all the inserts, uh, to the playfield graphic of the host, uh, which, if you notice, it has this incredibly insane smile. Um, yes. really huge. All right. <laughs> yeah. So on the Bally game show, uh, the artwork for that, the host is called Keith McTeeth and, uh, he has the exact same smile. Um, that's a scary name. Isn't it? <laughs> um, so it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, I will say I did experience some bugs, but mostly those were audio related with the call outs. Um, I found like, uh, or I found like, I felt like uh, if you manage to hit the ball into certain areas without it triggering a switch, and which, what's interesting is that they did render each physical switch that you roll over. Um, if you manage to roll into an area without triggering a switch, sometimes the music would change like you had done something, <laughs> but your points wouldn't increase. It would just change the music and then change back as soon as you fell out of that little area. Um, I thought that was kind of weird. But... Um, you might notice when you stride straight off the plunge, there's an insert lit for skill shot. But it's a ramp that you can't actually hit from the plunge, no right. matter how hard you try. Um, so <laughs> the way this game is set up, uh, from the plunge, there's this huge ramp that can feed. It's what they call a Y ramp, and it'll feed either to your left flipper or to your right flipper. Um, that's fine. You get the, the ball back to the flipper. And then you need to shoot it up to the upper flipper. Um, the upper flipper can feed that skill shot ramp, and that's where you earn points. That's also the ramp you use to um, advance the game. So, as uh, Greg mentioned in, in some of the earlier games, you know, hitting those ramps is crucial to advancing the game or, or completing a mode or whatever needs to happen. Um, this game also has two frenzy modes. Uh, which are named uh, Mo Money and Money Mania. Um, I managed to start Money Mania by looping that middle ramp five times. So uh, basically, you don't have to loop them all in a row, um, but it helps <laughs> because it's it's really easy to drain on this machine. Um, 
When you get into that mode, all targets are worth 500,000 points. So it's incredibly lucrative if you're able to start one of those. I'm assuming Mo Money is going to be similar. Um, the upper ramp, which is over to the right and up, uh, that Greg mentioned he was, had a hard time shooting, that ramp, if you loop it, uh, you get a million points per loop unless you have the wheel lit. And to light the wheel, um, you have to turn the page. Turn the page. <laughs> no, it's all on, all on the front page here. Unfortunately, I didn't write it down. Oh. Um, but you have to hit various targets on the play field, and then it will light an insert at random in the wheel. And to collect that, or to spin the wheel, uh, you have to hit that upper ramp, and then it goes down to a little kickback area, which is pretty cool. And um, then you get whatever the award is, points, typically. There's a little scoop uh, as well that gives you random awards. So here's here's kind of my pet peeve with uh, DMD-era games, and that, that goes up almost to the most modern machines. And that's, if there's a scoop or a kick-out hole the game will tend to hold onto the ball and then play an animation. And that kind of kills your adrenaline a little bit, if you know what I'm saying. So, um, could catch you off guard too. Yeah. And it can, when it kicks out because you know, you don't really have a feel for how the ball is going to come out of there. Now, luckily these being virtual machines, they kick the same way every time. So, you know, once you see it do it once, you can figure out how it's going to work. And I will say also from a physics perspective, and maybe the increased angle had something to do with this, um, dead bounces worked a lot better than they did in the previous one. That's where if the ball makes contact with the flipper, but you don't flip, it tends to bounce over to the other flipper, um, depending on how fast the ball is going. In the last one, sometimes your momentum would be entirely killed and you drain. <laughs> but um, in this one, it tends to, to be more successful. So uh, that's about all I had for this one, other than I have a, a big note underlined here that says the high score music is excellent, which I mentioned earlier, but uh, it's worth saying again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, well, thank you. Thank you again. Uh, like for that, um, well, this table and all of the tables so far, like about that, like about that very like insightful, you know what I'm saying? Uh, analysis. Um, the last table, Stones and Bones. I had the most fun with this one. I think it was the best table like, in the game. Um, it did have, um, you know, did have its issues. It, um, certainly had some, um, um, it, um, it did have some bugs. I thought. Um, um, uh, I had a very hard time hitting the right ramps to be able to get to the tower. I think I finally, I think I finally like you, you did that like once toward the end, and 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 I don't know if I was missing something or missing something with like this game bug, but 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 even doing that, I doing that, I um I couldn't get the bonus the bonus body pliers like at all uh to 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 trigger for me. But um, but yeah, the music I really liked this one. Uh, the overall theme I think is fun. There's plenty. There, 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 there's plenty of a um, of horror slash haunted house tables out there. Haunted house is uh, like Nick mentioned is certainly a great game. Certainly, uh, um, certainly, um, you know, it certainly did feel inspired inspired by that like in some way. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's just that. Um, I think I think this table was the most playable out of all of them. Maybe because it was you know maybe because this was the less 
I'm you know immediately you know at least complicated to at least flashy at it. You're at the four tables. Yeah, it seems like the most limited. Yes, which is a good thing. Like all these like bugs, the bugs and issues going on here. So, so wasn't very inspiring. No, that's okay. I mean, you know, it doesn't need to be inspiring for it to be fun. You know, it was. I didn't really have much fun playing this one. No, okay, so you didn't... I was, I was able to actually play this one, but, like, it just it just seemed boring. It was so lackluster, and, you know, it wasn't even nice to look at, and the <laughs> sounds were just, eh. Yeah. So, which table was your favorite, then, George? I got it the four. I, uh, I think I might have said this, but I think it might be the, um, the car one? The racing oh. one? Oh, Speed Devils. Yeah. Okay, all right. Um... All right, so uh, so uh, Nick, where'd you rank this one? Like, uh, 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 tables. This this one is one of the lower ranked ones for me. Okay, um, fair enough. It it uh, it really didn't uh, do a whole lot for me, but I love the theme. You know, I really wanted to like it, but the thing that that kind of killed it for me is the placement of the targets. And I don't know if you had a problem with this, but. Um, you're trying to spell stones and bones. Uh, that's a lot of stand-up targets. And the way that they have them arranged, it's like two targets here and three targets over here, maybe mm-hmm. one target over here. Yeah. Um, so you're really shooting all over the playfield, which is cool. But um, the angle at which they are placed is particularly rough. <laughs> um, and this is kind of like complaining that, you know, the sun was in my eyes or something. But I, I did feel like... <laughs> A lot of uh, hits off these stand-up targets just drained immediately. Um, so I would I would have almost all of stones and bones lit, and then drain and not be able to complete it with the other two balls. So right. Um, but uh, yeah, other than that, you know, I do feel like uh, some of the touches were really cool. So this is obviously building off of the graveyard machine that they had built into the last game um and they added some some new features and took away some features that made it more obvious what you're trying to do but um the upper left ramp uh leads to uh the heart ramp from bride of pinbot um bride of pinbot is is the sequel to pinbot and uh in that one you're trying to uh turn this robot into a human, oddly enough. And um, one of the ramps that you can hit right in the center of the game is is her heart. And uh, you go down this ramp and it, it wiggles either to the left or to the right. And depending on which way it goes, is um, you get a different bonus or you get to plunge again. Um, so uh, I thought that touch was very nice. Um, I will say that whoever designed all these uh, machines really loved upper playfields. Uh, that's that is elevated playfields above the normal playing surface. So I think all of them, except for the Billion Dollar Game Show, had one. Um, and in the upper playfield for Stones and Bones, you spell R I P Rip. Um, and uh, that heart ramp leads to a habit trail kickback and random award. Um, which is pretty cool. So over in the, in the left area, um, there's on the apron 
of a normal machine, the words kickback are written in. It's, you know, it's a neat little touch. I like that. Yeah. Um, the third ramp uh, lights extra ball when you collect 10 screams. So each ramp shot is worth one scream after the first one, which is worth two for some reason. And each of the games follows that mechanic. Uh, each of the tables within this game follow that mechanic. So um, in Speed Devils, you're collecting miles. Uh, so your first ramp shot gives you two, and then each one thereafter gives you one, um, and so on. Uh, spelling key uh, opens the tower, and key is the skill shot area. So um, this one falls... Uh, down in the same way that Graveyard kind of did, in that you can't tell which inserts are lit. <laughs> Would you say it's a key area? It is a key area for this table because um, <laughs> you get a lot of points off the skill shot. You so, like one, Greg? Yes, I did. <laughs> I, I can tell you worked on it for a really long time. Um, I had it right as you said it, but I didn't want to interrupt you. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so right off the plunge you're you're trying to hit the lit insert in key and unfortunately it's really hard to tell which one is lit um did you all find have a problem with that yes no? i yes. did yep yeah it's they all look the same shade of blue so how do you know um <laughs> unless you're colorblind yeah or you turn the contrast way up or down <laughs> uh you'd be a madman to do that yeah <laughs> don't tell me you actually did that did you i did not Oh, okay. Uh, you so, were not that hardcore. I I am crazy. Maybe not that crazy. So, okay. Um, so Spelling Key opens Tower, which is a ramp off of the key area. Uh, so in order to get in there, Greg, the reason that you had trouble doing it is because <laughs> to get in there, you have to make a right loop shot, which gets you back into the key area. And then the ah. ball will shoot into the tower, which is this cool, curvy ramp. Um which reminds me most of a game from the 1950s, actually, called Nine Sisters. And there's this neat, curvy ramp, uh, very similar to that. Um, that awards you one of several things. Uh, I only did it once, but it shows on a little, what would be a playfield plastic mounted right beside it, um, the different awards that it can give you. Uh, so... That's a that's a pretty typical thing for pinball machines, but uh, yeah, I thought that was a nice touch as well. Unfortunately, there's no way to know which award you're going to get. Most machines will light one thing or the other, or have a, a chase lamp sequence or something to tell you what you're going to get, but this, you just get what you get. Um, so there's an area called the well, which is over to the far right, and that's a scoop with a, another random award, but that was always points for me. Um, and so you spell stone on the left and right target banks and bone on the stand-ups in the center of the playfield to light vault uh, and if you manage to make that shot you get 5 million points and that's as much of the rules as I could discern um, but I did have a lot of fun playing the machine except for those stand-up targets which uh, is primarily the ones in the center. And you probably know the two of which I speak um, <laughs> because I managed to hit those pretty much every single flip. 
and go straight down. So, um, did you all have that trouble, or is it is it just me? Uh, I definitely had that problem. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if you even have to ask because the answer is probably yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, guys. I'm a pinball god, and I. Uh, I mean, you get you guys didn't get nine nine hundred million nine hundred ninety nine million. Nine hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine points. No, is that just me? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Never even getting close to that in a physical table, like much less. Uh, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, much less this one. So, um, uh, so which, so which of the four tables fucking is the game was your favorite then, Nick? I'd say Billion Dollar Game Show. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. De- yeah. Definitely. Definitely. De- definitely. Different opinion. But uh, I. The, uh, yeah, definitely. Di- yeah, definitely. Difference of opinion. Uh, like three of us this time around. As far as like, uh, 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 um, as far as like, which table was our favorite? So, um, this game had a weird uh, impression on me because on some of the leaderboards there was somebody named DDP, uh, and uh, if you know wrestling, there's a wrestler called DDP, and then the billion dollar game show table just made me think of the uh, million dollar man. And I just thought of wrestling while I played that. In <laughs> <weird>. <laughs> uh, well, the wrestling, the wrestling pinball games are pretty good, actually. <laughs> Never played any of them. A yeah. shame. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so um, uh, um, yeah, so I just unfortunately I don't know if it's just because of the conversion job or just because Super NES really couldn't handle these tables very well. But definitely, definitely let down. It looked like this one compared to, like Pinball Dreams. Uh, I went into this with high hopes because I really drilled. Uh, uh, I, really liked, I, I, I because yeah, like overall, like, I like pinball dreams. It's like even the issues that it had, and just like this one, just like what happened. It's like I don't. I, it's like I don't really know where. To, I, I I don't really know where to pin the blame at per se. But it's just like you can uh, pin the blame on pinball. <laughs> you can tell yes. I didn't try that yeah. on that one. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, like you know, um, it wasn't just the. But but it wasn't just this version. This version that got panned. It's like, um, you know, uh, if you look at the reviews uh, of this game back when it came out, uh, the original Amiga version sold very well. I mean, like this game is loved on the Amiga. Uh, um, you know, and the PC version of it, uh, which also features like, all the tables, like everything, also the uh, also the the also did like also didn't sell very well. But all the home versions got bashed like pretty heavily. Uh, just talking about Super NES version, like you know, like uh, um, uh, first first tier, uh, GamePro basically said the same complaints about the game we've already talked about, like to death here. Uh, the scrolling, the, you know, scrolling, the, you know, scrolling, the, the scrolling being like very jerky. Uh, the graphics are dull. Uh, uh, you know, they fail to they fail to make the ramps and obstacles stand out. Uh, Next generation basically said that the uh, that. The, that the, the the biggest problem was you know that that the biggest problem with the game was that it doesn't have the table like to table table showing them like, showing like one time, um and you know and since and since, and since most of the, you know and since most of the scoring devices are near the top of the table, uh it makes you like, so it makes you like shoot blind most of the time, so yeah I agree with all that um and both magazines gave the game uh, just like two out of five stars so like not very good at the, like at all. Um, the Game Boy version, uh, they only got four out of ten stars, uh, like by EGM. 
uh, uh, basically because of the very simplistic graphics, the, the, the graphic sound effects uh, that that version of the game had. The Jaguar version was was a uh, like was rated by GamePro uh, as being be only a little bit better than the Super NES version of the game, uh, stating that. I think that the graphics were definitely like a, a, a nice upgrade. They def- they're definitely they're definitely better on the Jaguar than they were Super NES, and like they more like in, in tune to the original Mega version. Um, but but all the other like you know faults like faults Super NES version of the game like remain there, and it's definitely not worth sixty bucks. Um, whereas by comparison with the Mega and PC version of the game, uh, PC Gamer uh, back in 1994. Uh, ranked it their 33rd best computer game ever, like of all time. Um, and called it to, to, to call it like one of the best, some of the best, most realistic pinball action games uh, you'll ever be seen on a PC. Um, uh, also that same year, PC Gamer UK ranked even higher. They ranked it the 19th best computer game, like of all time. Um, and in 1995, PC Gamer also gave this game its best arcade game in 1994. So yeah, it looks like it's like going to play. You definitely want to stick with the Amiga, like Amiga PC versions. But luckily, the newer versions, uh, the newer versions of the game that come out in more recent years, definitely emulate uh, the pinball version. Uh, there's a Japanese-only PlayStation version like this game, uh, like called Pinball Fantasies Deluxe. Uh, which includes like all the, uh, uh, which also includes which also includes like all the tables, uh, like film, like the sequel to this, like Pinball Media. Uh, the Game Boy Advance version of the game, which is called Pinball Challenge Deluxe, uh, also uh, also tables added from Pinball Dreams. And in recent years, uh, recent years, the game's also been ported to iOS, uh, to the PSP, like the Nokia, uh, uh, um, you know, Nokia, and all those versions also feature. The the the, the are, are built out the original Mika version of the game, so they don't have the bugs or same issues that plague the main version of the game. So it's like, yeah, it's like you know the um definitely a very good pinball game, just not the Super NES. <laughs> um, I guess the best way to just kind of sum it up uh, here, you just like you know, really unfortunate, um, you know that. This, you know, this is one. You know, this is one of the rare. You know, this is one of the rare cases where the sequel, uh, does, uh, sequel does not does not fare as well as the original game, and uh, just a lot of that's either because of the conversion or because of the or the limited Super NES or graphical engine, like or both, unfortunately. So, um, George, like, what do you think? Uh, um, as far as far as your as far as your uh, final thoughts on this? Uh, I don't know if I should tell anybody to play this. Honestly, it's just. I don't know. It's just not that great. Mm. Is it? It's is it? It's not just me, right? No, no, definitely not you. Okay, <laughs> no, not like, just it, a setting hidden away to make it easier, but then you get hurt for it because then the pinball does not move as quickly. I mm-hmm. and and then if you have it on the fastest setting, then you're screwed because it's just way too difficult to play i mean uh, you know having a difficulty setting should not be this difficult it should not be this this terrible you know but uh, i I didn't even know about that so there there's another thing to that but i just honestly uh, uh, maybe i'll take a look back at it just with the other settings to see what it's like but other than that it's not something I'm going to touch again. Okay. Yep. I definitely agree with a lot of that. Um, I, so, Nick, what was your like overall like overall impression on this? Well, on the positive side, I will say that um, whoever the artist was did a much better job this time of making sure that there weren't uh, 
colors that hid the ball. Um, so even on stones and bones where they could have gone with a lot of grays, and they did in a lot of the metal work that's there, um, it's very easy to track the ball with your eyes. Uh, which, I didn't even realize that, but you're right. Which I appreciated a lot. Um, but as far as the playability, I, I would say Pinball Dreams wins hands down. Um, so um, overall, I'd say if you had the opportunity to buy one or the other and that was your only hope, um, I would get Pinball Dreams. Um, but there are some redeeming qualities to Pinball Fantasies as well, um, mostly in the Billion Dollar Game Show. I think if you're, if you're a big pinball player and... Um, you expect the ball to behave a particular way. That one behaves the most like real pinball, I think. Um, but then again, I could very well be wrong. <laughs> That's just my opinion. But um, I um, I did appreciate that one. The other ones, not so much. I, I really felt like uh, all the other three were a big miss, unfortunately. Yep, definitely. Uh, unfortunately, but they are. Um, but yeah, so... Um... Sorry to have you on here for such kind of a lackluster pinball game, Nick. But there, um, you know, but there are the pinball games that came out of the system. So maybe we'll have you back later on in the future, like for something that's hopefully better. But uh, and don't forget, there were uh, pinball games on the PlayStation and PlayStation Two. So yeah, that's true. Awesome. Yeah. So I've played a couple of those. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah, some of the collections uh, that came off this, uh, um, you know, the, yeah, some of the collections that came out of the PS One, PS Two era, like are very good. Yeah, and there's there's some uh, random medieval themed one that I picked up on a whim on the PlayStation Store for the P- PS One. Um, I don't remember what it was called, but that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, this game, this game, well, this game is not very popular. Uh, popular as far as the overall reviews go, as I talked about, and that's reflected in the price. Um, it, it's not very. Uh, there are not many copies of this game like available like on eBay. Probably, probably one of the least limited, least listed, I should say, games uh, on there I've seen so far during the history of this podcast. Uh, the twenty copies currently currently listed, ten copies, uh, ten copies like recently sold. Both those, you know, both those, uh, both those figures like a low. Um, uh, the game is pretty cheap, also. Uh, card only. The prices, the prices sold. Uh, these include shipping, ranging from the six to six twenty eight dollars. Not so, worth it. Yeah, a very six. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I, I don't I don't know if I would want to spend that money on that. Uh, well, six bucks. See if you get something to play against. Yeah, maybe I could probably like see picking to, 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 to picking it up. Um, CIB only two copies just, like sold recently. One of them twenty five dollars. Looks like one of them twenty nine dollars. So again, no, no, for, thank you. So for collectors out there, this is a uh, you know this is like a relatively like for uh, you're relatively like like, you're, you're like cheap like cheap game. Um, so. Uh, I am curious, and uh, so I am curious in playing the sequel, like Pinball Illusions. Uh, that did not come out on any of the 16-bit systems, thank God, probably because you know, given the problems that the Super NES had had of this game, I can only imagine trying to, um, you know, uh, you know, that one like be like. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely interested in checking it out. So I'm gonna have to like, look at that. Uh, there are some like uh, 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 the, the tables, as I said, were included. Some were included like some of the more modern versions uh, out there. So um, I'm definitely so I'm definitely curious to check it out. So, um, uh, final thoughts. Very, inter- uh, um, it's very interesting. It's very interesting considering what a major company that there are these days. Uh, that Digital Illusions got started, uh, got started off 
uh, back in the '90s by making uh, by making it uh, by, you know, by making a number of highly regarded pinball pinball games. Because pinball was not one of the easiest easiest things to program, I think, because of the because of necessity for the engines. Uh, and the ball physics, uh, the ball physics, uh, physics like on that kind of stuff. So, uh, kudos for them. Um, it's you know, it's, you know, they. Um, it's too bad. It's too bad they didn't have the rights to be able to say this port sucks. Don't release it. But uh, <laughs> they obviously didn't have any uh, say over that. So, <laughs> hey guys, don't buy our game. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> At least not this version of the game. But like I said, it's like you're take, yeah. Yeah, but you know, I mean, like I said earlier, the Amiga and PC versions of this game are very highly regarded to even nowadays. So there's a complete difference, uh, different opinion, like that version, uh, either original version of the game, like versus the ports. So, but Nick, it's probably a good thing for the Game Boy that you had like pinball dreams, like not like pinball fantasies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Getting the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, so Pinball Dreams, uh, like I may go back here every now and then. I have no desire to play this version of the game again. Um, it's just like it's just like uh, um, it's really it's like a really like shoddy job, unfortunately. And I was very like you know sad to see that like overall. So, but meh, it's like it is what it is. So, um, so do as yeah, so of you guys do you have any like your final thoughts like about this? No, I basically said everything. Okay. Yeah. Um, I agree with you, Greg. Uh, pretty much a hundred percent there. <laughs> For six bucks, it might be might be fun, uh, especially if you had somebody to play against. But um, yeah, I I can't see it otherwise. <laughs> yeah, and, and I may be looking at Pinball Dreams with some rose-colored glasses after playing this one. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> because I seem to remember there were some stinkers in there too. But right. Uh, uh, but I w- I seem to recall that more of them were more playable than any of the ones in this one. So. I want to argue that they were all playable compared to, <laughs> you know, this. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh. So, anyway, um, we, will be, we will be back at you at some point in the future with another pinball game of the system, I'm sure. Um, you know, and hopefully Nick will and hopefully Nick, like, be enticed enough to join us again, once again, like, for that, because there are some of the pinball games that came on the system, and, and so hopefully those games are better than this one is, I hope. But, um, but uh, you know, once again, th- uh, once again, Nick, we very much appreciate you coming to, coming to, probably coming to the podcast and sharing with us your best, uh, your best amount of pinball knowledge. Well, thanks for having me again. Uh, I really love talking pinball, and uh, I really love talking SNES, so thank you. Yeah, even for like bad tables like this, huh? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you gotta you gotta take the bad with the good, right? Yes. Where's the good? Uh, <laughs> there's, some, there's some good things about this, like we said, it's, so, like, you know, we're trying to I'm just to kidding, Greg, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you know, like, you know, I never, you know, I never bash a game without seeing at least a couple of good, a couple of good things about it, so... But, but uh, anyway, uh, we very much appreciate you listening to the podcast. If you have any questions, feedback, comments, etc., you can leave us a, a, a comment on our Facebook page, or you can also send us uh, an email to the SNES podcast at yahoo.com if you want. We are a proud member of both the Retro Junkies and Throwback Network uh, networks. We can find other retro themed podcasts, both gaming and non gaming related. And, and if you want to give us an iTunes rating, we very much, uh, we very much appreciate it. Uh, George and I also do another podcast together, PlayStation Power, uh, with like we cover PS1 and PS2 games. Uh, I got some really special stuff coming up for that podcast like pretty soon, so stay tuned for that. 
Oh yeah. Um, and George, and George, what other, what other uh, podcasts and stuff do you work on that I can do for us currently? I do Master System Masterpieces, and I guess I do another one called The Box Sport. I don't even know what's going on with that right now. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's basically all I do. Uh, so Nick, how about you? Like, what are the uh, uh, what podcasts uh, um, you say you're currently doing? Um, you know, and if you you have any other projects or anything or anything going on right now that you want to talk about? Sure. Um, my main podcast is for amusement only, the EM and Bingo Pinball Podcast, which might have the longest title of any podcast that has ever been invented. <laughs> I think um, you're right. <laughs> that is uh, my primary one. I'm in. I'm getting close to, I think, episode 400 now, or maybe I'm past that. I don't remember. Um, I talk on there about EM and Bingo Pinball, and uh, Bingo Pinballs are especially the ones that I love. I uh, built a machine that I'm taking around the country to various pinball shows uh, to have the public play it uh, that actually plays all of the Bingo Pinball machines that were made by four different manufacturers. It's got swappable play fields, and uh, you can choose the game, and I've programmed in the mechanical randomization of the game um, per coin uh, faithfully. So for each game, uh, it was a monumental effort and it still is. I continue to improve it, but, um, I'm really proud of it. And, uh, if any of you happen to go to a pinball show at some time and you see a odd looking pinball machine that has no flippers, uh, look around for me and, uh, I'll be happy to walk you through it and, uh, show you what's cool about it and some of the different unique features that were built into those games. Um, Other than that, I did a podcast, which is complete, at least at the moment, called Virtually Human, which is the Virtual Boy game-by-game podcast. Um, That was a really long podcast. It took forever to go through that library, uh, all 14 games. I know, it was crazy. Like, you've been doing this for 10 years and you finally finished. Yeah, uh, Yeah, you know. Just the, uh, you know, 17 weeks of Mario Tennis (laughs) coverage. Um, But uh, I feel like it was worth it in the end. So um, check that one out if you haven't heard anything about that. There's a pinball game on that system called Galactic Pinball, um, which is like hockey pucks in space that you hit with flippers. Uh, Yeah, that actually kind of looked interesting. It's it's neat, and there's some uh, homages to Metroid in there, um, so it's it's worth a look. Um, and uh, other than that, uh, right now I'm building a custom electromechanical arcade game, uh, which is a two-player simultaneous competitive, um, mm. and that also will be touring around the country with me soon. Um, I'm, I was telling Greg at, at the start, I'm in the tedious process of wiring the game right now. <laughs> so, um, as long as my engineering holds, that'll work really well and be a lot of fun. So, we'll see. But uh, I'm always working on something weird. And uh, like I said, I'm just a little bit crazy, but that's what's fun. So. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, all this project's... The other part of this, the other part of this, I really sound fun, especially that last one, the last one that you're working on. Um, I wish I had the technical know-how and skill to do something like that. Yeah, I never had a hard time trying to put like a, uh, uh, um, a main cabinet that could be like a challenge for me, so I think so. Uh, kudos to you for doing all that. Thank you. 
thank you, and thanks for having me. Oh yeah, of course, definitely. And yeah. like I said, you know, like we would love to have you back. Um, I was checking out, checking out, checking yesterday. Uh, this very weird Japanese-only game called Battle Pinball that came out. Uh, that came out the Super Famicom. That's kind of like uh, two-screen kind of sports slash action slash pinball game that really looks very weird and very Japanese. That may be fun to play later on. <laughs> well, now I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> so, so maybe about six months or so, if you know, Nick's willing, like we'll have him back for um, uh, back in the podcast of that game. But because to be, to be, I know about it, 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 it uh, looks very interesting. And like, and, and you know, pinball is one of the things that translates. Tra- 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 it's one of the things. One of the things that translates translate very well because uh, there's no words involved. So yay for that. <laughs> um. Yeah, so, um, anyway, speaking about, uh, speaking about upcoming games, uh, George, what game are you covering next? Uh, Greg, why don't you guess? Oh, wait, you know. Nick, yes, why I don't do you know. Guess? Oh, wait, no, you know, too. <laughs> Dang it. We're, just, <laughs> we're doing Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yes, which should be interesting, I think. Hopefully. <laughs> we'll see. Um, yeah. I think it's a decent beat em up. We'll see. I've never played it. I don't, I don't have high hopes, but you know, like I said before, I'll come to it with open mind. Oh, that's mean. That's but, mean, Greg. Yeah, like I said, you know, I gave every game like a fair shot, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, again, uh, thank you very much, everybody. Uh, uh, there for listening to the podcast. Uh, thank you for your support. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Um, George, thank you again for always joining me. And uh, Nick, yeah. thank you. And Nick, thank you again for once again gracing us with like, your pinball knowledge and expertise. Thank you again. And we will see you guys later. Uh, Take care, everybody, and thanks again. Bye-bye. Nintendo controls 80% of the video market. But no matter how you play the game or which game you play, things definitely have come a long way since Pac-Man. Now you're playing with power. Power.